And I, I thank you, Pastor Stevan and Sister Chella, for the privilege of coming and, and sharing, and even the whole Bay Area, amen. Um, we've been at this for since 2010 in Oakland, and it wasn't something that, that I just all of a sudden says, oh, you know, I want to I go and reach the girls. It was, it was something that the Lord did to my life, amen, and he bring heartbreak to my life, and he provoked me. And he says, you need to get busy. You need to get busy because you have a city that's hurting. And um, I'll just share a little bit. And it was in 2010 where the prostitution in Oakland was really, really heavy. It was so heavy that it kind of scared me because at that time, Oakland started looking at Amsterdam to change um, their laws into marijuana. They, they says, you know, we want to be like Amsterdam. They wanted to call themselves Oaksterdam. And they actually opened up a place in downtown Oakland called Oaksterdam because they got the idea from Amsterdam. And so then I thought to myself, oh, my God, if they got that idea, then they're going to probably get the idea of legalizing prostitution because Oakland is that kind of city that will step out of the box and say, let's do this. And I remember some, of, some sisters in our church were like, you know, we got to do something. At that time, I didn't want to really do nothing because I was really, there was just some things that happened in our life, in the church, and things that were just, just, and I moved back to Oakland from Berkeley, and I remember they just wanted to do something, and I says, okay, well, then let's do it. You guys do it, and, and they says, well, you know, let's, they, they just planned this thing, and they were just, just sisters that says, we have to do something, and we, that's when we went to City Hall, and we just, a little, a little prayer. It was just a prayer, but it just really, really, it exploded because they realized that, you know, that, that there are people that care about these girls. There, there is a church, there is a ministry, Victory Outreach, that cares about these girls, that says there's hope for these girls. And so from there, we just really just plowed it and plowed it and plowed it. And I, I know that, that Victory Outreach International Code Red has made a difference, amen. We have shut some hotels down, amen. We have stopped the pimps. They told the girls, you are not going out tonight, okay, until these people leave the streets, okay? Because, you know, I remember our council member says, man, you shut it down for three days. We didn't see a prostitute. But it's what Victory Outreach International, just pulling it out there and saying, we got to do something. But in John 2, 13, if you have your Bibles, and it says, and the Jews of the Passover was at hand. And Jesus went up to Jerusalem and he found in the temple those that sold oxen and sheep and doves and the, and the changers of the money sitting. In verse 15, and when he had made a scourge of a small cords, he drove them out of the temple and the sheep and the oxen and poured the changers' money over and overthrew the tables and said to them, and said to them, you sold doves, take these things, hence make not my father's house a house of merchandise. I just came back from Jerusalem, and this, this happened in, in the western part of the gate, the western gate, which is really across from Golgotha, where, where, where Jesus actually was hung on the cross. And when you go in there, they show these little things, and, and they're little stores. They, they're really brick. They're brick, and that's where, they were, that's where they would do their merchandising. That's where they would sell the animals. And right next to it was a cornerstone. And they said, this is one of the chief cornerstones 
that Jesus talks about, that the, that the builders rejected, but to those who believe became a foundation. And as we were there, and they were showing us in this scripture, and when you, when you look at the scripture, you know, Jesus, we look at it and we said he was mad because they were selling at the temple. But if you look at it also, this was during the Passover. And during the Passover in Jerusalem, they, they estimate about 300 to 400,000 people coming in, Jews coming in to celebrate the Passover. This is also the time that Jesus died on the cross. You put those two holidays together because they still celebrate the Passover during the time of the resurrection. God, he orchestrated to put those two dates together. And so this was a time where the whole, all Israel came in. It's almost like when Jesus was born that they would come and they came to, to, they, they came to, to do the, 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 the census. And that's an, another time where it got overpopulated. And we wonder, why was he born in a, in a stable? Because there was no room. Because Israel was overpopulated. Just, not Israel, but Jerusalem, the city of Jerusalem. So he had to go into the city next to Jerusalem where she gave birth to Jesus. So it was overpopulated. And what had happened here was Jesus was upset because they were selling. But he was more upset, I believe, that they were taking advantage of the Jews. Because they were selling the oxen and the sheep. And what they were doing was they were actually selling it for a higher price because they knew that the Jews needed these animals as a sacrifice for the Passover. So they were actually taking advantage of them. And they were double, double the pricing because it said that they were using Jewish, or not Jewish, they were using Greek and Roman money. And they were actually selling it to them. And when scholars looked at it, they said that he was also upset because of that. And what he was upset about was that it was injustice. He was looking and he was first of all saying, you know, you're using my father's house as a house of den. You know, you're, you're using it as thieves. But you're also being unjust to the people that are coming here using it for a sacrifice. Because they have to give a sacrifice for the Passover. And I want to ask you, when you see a prostitute, does that bring injustice to you? Or you just look at them and say, well, maybe they just like doing that. Or do you say, or you know what, man, you know, well, they can get out of it. They just, you know, this is, this is a lifestyle that they chose. And we've seen in the video that that wasn't her lifestyle. She's just, just this little portion. She didn't even really get, she didn't get thrown into it. She got rescued right before she got thrown into it. But there are some girls that are out there that don't have a choice. They're getting thrown into it. And Jesus, when he looks at these girls, when he looks at these young ladies, I believe that he sees injustice. And I believe that he's saying, who's going to go out there and reach these girls? Who's going to have the guts to go out there and tell these girls about me? Tell them that I love them. I thank God for Victory Outreach. I thank God for United Women Ministry. I thank God for Sister Julie. I thank God for the steering committee that says, you know what? We have to go out there. We have to tell these girls that there's hope in Jesus. You see, that's what we do, Victory Outreach. Not everybody does what we do. I don't know if you know that. But I know that in Oakland, you know, they, 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 you know, when people, you know, I know sometimes you see me and the media always tries to, they come to me. I don't go to them. They say, you know what, we, you know, how do you do it? What do you do? There have been times we have taken the media out there with us. We have, we have some fun stories. I mean, we, one time we actually chased a John out. He thought we were the cops. 
And we were right next to him telling him, don't do it. And he's looking at the prostitute and looking at, and like, man, I'm out of here. And that girl's like, go, you get on your way. And we're like following him out of town. And we said, you know, if the cops ain't going to do it, we're going to get you out of here. There's just, but it's the anointing. It's not us. It's the anointing of victory outreach. You see, God is just asking us to step into it. God is just saying, are you willing to go out there? You see, cold red, I know for us, it's not every year. Cold red for us in Oakland is every week because those girls are still out there. And God forbid if they make it legal in Oakland. Believe me, I will be in the front saying, oh, no, no, no. You will not make it legal, not on my watch. Not on our watch because these women have a destiny. Right there, Jesus, Jesus seen injustice. He's seen injustice. You know, when I seen that cornerstone, and I know that, that we read it like that, and, but it really gave me a vivid thing that a chief cornerstone, what it does is it has two walls. If there's a cornerstone, there's two walls that are connected to it. And you see, Victor Irish, we're one of those walls. And God is asking us to reach that second wall. God is saying, are you willing to go out there? I know that sometimes some of the people in our church, and maybe you, you say, well, I've never done this before. It's, they're human. They are so human. You just walk up to them and say, hey, how's it going, you know? You got you to be kind of, you know, you, you can't scare them, first of all. You just can't run up to them. You just got to say, you know what, man, we just want to let you know we're from Victory Outreach, and we want to let you know that Jesus loves you. Sometimes all they want is a hug. So you got to remember that these girls are standing there, and to some people, they're just a piece of wall paper on the wall. They just look at them, and some of them look at them with disgust. Some of them with their kids, like, come on, come on, let's go, let's go. And then you have the Johns passing by just checking them out. And then you have some there that are trying to flag down the guys. But you know what? In reality, they don't really, they didn't grow up saying, this is what I want to do the rest of my life. Some of them are just out there because they have no other choice. Some of them are just out there because they're drug addicts. Some of them are out there because they need finances. But if we bring them the hope, the message of Jesus Christ, you see, that's what we're out there. That's what we're going to do. That's what Victory Outreach in Africa is doing. That's what Victory Outreach right now in England is doing. That's what Victory Outreach in San Jose is going to do tomorrow. That's what LA is doing. That's what La Coahuilas is doing in Mexico. That's what all of our countries are doing is we're going out there and we're making a statement that we have the answer through Jesus Christ. It's not us. It's not the glory in us. It's the anointing. It's the anointing that God gives us. You know what? When I started, I, I was kind of like, I don't know how to reach these girls. But you know what? It's just walking up to them and just, you know what? Jesus loves you. That's all they want to hear. And then when they see you the week later, they're like, hey, girl, you know. Sometimes they're like, oh, here they come. Let's run, you know. And then, you know, our girls got to sneak up on them. I have a really good team. And these girls are, they're just like, they're just down to earth, man. They're just like, hey, how you doing? You know, like, oh, Ebony, you're here again. How you doing? They know them by name because they know that we're for real. We're not there to judge them. We're not there to look at them, to check them out. We're there to let them know that, you know what? You got a calling on your life. I don't know if you know about, uh, um, about Rahab, Rahab the heart. I love the story of Rahab. I love the story, and, and it's in Joshua chapter 2. You don't have to turn there, but I know the story by heart. It's that the spies were going into Jericho, and they were going, and they said, man, where do we go? And they says, wow, you know, and then all of a sudden, they just probably found their way to the prostitute's house. And she, Now, Rahab wasn't just a prostitute. I really believe that she was a madam because that was her house. 
So she brings them in, and all of a sudden, the city officials, they hear that the men from the outside came in. You see, Jericho was, was a city that was fortified. You know, when I went to Israel, this is an interesting thing. They say that when you look at, at Jericho from the top, when you do it from aerial shot, it's as if a fist hit the city. And this is what the archaeologists are saying. It's like a big fist just went, bam, the fist of God. But she, she's there, and, and, and she brings them into her house, and then the, the, the city officials come, and they say, you know, hey, where are those men at? And she's like, what men? And the, the men that came in, she says, there's a lot of men in here. You know what I do. You know what I'm about. You know these rooms. There's a lot of men in here. And they're like, well, where did they go? She goes, I don't know. They must have came, and they must have left. But she had them upstairs. She had them on the top. And then she goes up there, and she says, they're looking for you. And then they begin to exchange. She says, look, I'm going to hide you. You can't go out tonight because they're, on the, they're out there looking for you. And they're not going to stop looking for you until a couple of days. You need to stay here. So she kept them up there. And as she kept them up there, then all of a sudden, when it was time for them to get released, all of a sudden, she says, remember me. You see, she heard about them. When you read it, it says that, that she told them, you know what? We've been hearing about you guys. And I knew you were coming to Jericho. And we knew and we were trembling because everywhere you guys were going, you were destroying the armies. You were destroying the enemies. We know that God's on your side. We know that Moses parted the, the, the Red Sea and the kings that you were going in there, you were destroying their lands. And we knew you were working our way. She says, so we've been trembling here. What she was telling them was, you know what? I want to know about your God. You see, that's what the girls out there want to tell us. I want to know about your church. I want to know if there's room for me in your church. I want to know if there's room for me in your women's home. I want to know if God can really use my life. If I have a destiny. If I have a calling on my life. If I can get my dignity back. See, that's what she was telling these spies. And they says, you know what? Because you rescued us, we want you to hang this cord. And when we come back, you need to have your family in here because if they're outside of the house, they're going to die. You make sure your family's in here. Imagine that. She bring her mom and dad in that house. That was her house. They, they, that was her profession. So you know that was her business. So what does she do? She brings them in. All of a sudden, the children of Israel come. Seven, God told them, march around the city. Seven times, and the, the walls of Jericho are going to come tumbling down. And what happened? They came tumbling down. But the interesting about her, the interesting about, about Rahab was that Rahab, she, she had a son. And her son, I don't know if you know who he was, but he was Boaz. And Boaz was that, that rich, the rich relative of Ruth. That when Ruth left and she came back, or Naomi, it was Naomi's relative, that when Naomi came back to Bethlehem after she left, after her husband and her two sons died, she comes back with Ruth. And she tells Ruth, that's my relative. And all of a sudden she goes, Ruth goes, and she begins to, to, to get the wheat, and she begins, and then all of a sudden he's attracted to her, and she sets him up, and she says, he's the one that... Because she came back thinking, man, I have no lineage. My sons are dead. But God orchestrated it that her cousin Boaz would marry her daughter-in-law. And through her daughter-in-law, she had a son whose name was Obed. And Obed had a son whose name was Jesse. 
And Jesse had a son whose name was King David. Imagine that. King David had a great, 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 great grandma who was a prostitute. But it don't stop there because then all of a sudden, then Jesus comes into the picture. All of a sudden, Jesus had a great, 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 grandma who was a harlot. The Bible calls her a harlot. And the book of Hebrews says she's a harlot. Ooh, God, God, he calls us at our name, you know, the harlot Rahab. She went into the book of history. She went into the book of history, into the, into the book of Hebrews. And you know the interesting thing about her, she was a prostitute, but she was a businesswoman. Oh, give me five prostitutes in Oakland, man. They can tear it up, amen. They can probably run my home. They can run the books, amen. They can, they can run the streets, amen, because they got that business mind. And they say, we can raise money. We know how to raise money. We know how to run things. We know how to run a home. Think about it. She was a businesswoman. She taught her son Boaz. How do you think Boaz became wealthy? His mama showed him. His mama married Shalom, and they had him, and she probably started to teach him. This is, you know, this is how we become wealthy, because the children of Israel bring her in, and she became part of the lineage. You see, these girls, these girls, they're part of our lineage, amen. They are part of Victory Outreach. They belong in our church. They belong in our homes, amen. They belong in our, they belong with the youth, amen, because some of them are young. And you're going to see this. You're going to see this probably tonight. Some of them are young. Some of them are 13, 14, 15. They're going to lie about their age, but they're young. And these are the ones that the cops try to go after because they're, they're underage. But the funny thing about Oakland is that the cops, they really don't go after the prostitutes. They're just like, ah, just. And they just, there's, just, there's this, this, this law thing that they're always getting sued for busting them, so they don't bust them. They got to bust them in the act. So basically, that's why you see them on the streets. And then they have the, they tell them, okay, get off of International and get on, on, on East 15th Street, okay? Because, you know, if you're going to be on International, we're going to take you in. So they go a block up. And this is where the park's at. This is where we're going. But see, Rahab, that was Rahab's life. You know, that was Rahab's life. You know what? I was never involved in that lifestyle. But God gave me a burden. He gave me a burden. He says, you know what, Sylvia, you got to make a deal. You have to do something. And this, if this is your city and you see these girls out here, God forbid you don't do nothing. Or if these girls are in your hotels and you know that they're getting abused and you know they don't want to be there and this is your city, God forbid. Or you know that there's some young girls in your church that know other girls, gang girls, that you know that they're out there because their money's there. God forbid. God forbid that we don't reach them, that we don't bring them in, that we don't let them know that God loves them. Some of us were ex-drug addicts. What makes us better? Some of you are goody-goodies. What makes you better? Sometimes you think I'm too, you know, no, 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 no. See, you're part of, you're part of that, that wall. You're that wall. And, and, you know, Jesus is there, and he's the chief cornerstone. And he's saying, look, I want you to gap yourself with them. I want you, Victory Outreach, to gap yourself with a drug addict. I want you, Victory Outreach, to gap yourself with a prostitute. I want you to connect. I'm the, I'm, I'm the chief cornerstone, and you are the gappers, and you're part of that wall. But I want you to connect to this wall, and I want you to reach them, and I want you to let them know that I love them, and I want you to let them know that I died for them, and I want you to let them know that I can resurrect their life. 
and that I can use their life as a testimony to our cities, to our countries, amen, to the world, that we serve a God that's able. Oh, to God be the glory. These are his daughters. These are his sons. These are his people. This is somebody's mother. This is somebody's grandmother. This is somebody's sister, somebody's aunt, somebody's niece, somebody's nephew. These are our people. I love the story of Rahab. Jesus was provoked. I really believe, I personally believe that he was provoked. That he didn't only get mad because they were using his father's house as a house of, 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 of money exchange, but they were taking advantage of the Jews because they knew that the Jews needed an animal for a sacrifice. So they were going to charge them the highest bid. And when God looks at these girls, I really believe, I know Jesus looks and he provokes him. He says, who's going to go? Who's going to tell these girls about me? Who's going to let these girls know that I love them? Who's going to let these girls know that they don't have to die out there? That they don't have to die on drug overdose. They don't have to get beaten because they get beaten. And sometimes, you know, it's funny because when they're out there, they, they, they act like they're having fun. And, you know, maybe they are a little bit because they're high. But see, the high goes down. And they're there in reality. And they're like that young girl. And they're like, man, I didn't, I didn't grow up to be like this. This was not my life. This is not what I was born to do. This is not what I was born to be. And the devil somehow tries to strip their dignity, their destiny, their purpose for life. The flow of life in them. The flow that, man, I want to be something for God. But when we come out their victory outreach, we're the ones that bring the hope. You're the ones that are going to do it tonight, like my son says. You know what? God is looking, and he's happy that you're here. He's happy you ain't watching the Warriors, amen? They're going to win. Don't worry about them, amen? They got six more games to go. But he's happy that you're here. He's happy, and he's saying, look it, I'm happy that Victory Outreach is making this effort, amen, code red. They're getting ready, amen, to come against the forces of evil. If you've been getting hit, that's why you've been getting hit. And if you've been getting hit and you don't want to go to the streets, well, you better go to the streets, amen. I always tell people, man, if you're getting hit and you ain't involved, then you're getting hit for nothing. I'm going to make this hit count. It's like a football team, amen? The ones that didn't play in the game are like, yay! Like LeBron, amen? LeBron. You know, LeBron, poor thing. He's all hurt and all battered, and they're all, yay, we made it, we made it. You didn't do nothing. I did it, man. And they're like, oh, but we love you, LeBron. That's how it is sometimes. We get hit. We're all bruised and battered, and we made it. But what about those that you say, man, I don't know I want to go out. No, make your hit count. Make it count. Say, come on, devil. Come on. You want to hit it? Come on. I know I've been getting hit. I've been getting hit. I, I didn't catch it, but I've been getting hit. I'm like, okay, we're getting ready for cold red. That's probably why, you know, a lot of our people in our church have been getting hit. A lot of your people in your church have been getting hit. Because the devil knows. The devil's like, oh, here they come. The devil's like, like, like the terror, like them, like, oh, my God, the children of Israel are coming. They're coming. Oh, my God, they're coming. Oh, my God, they're going to break the walls. Oh, my God. Oh, 
And there she is saying, but you know what? I want to be on your team. I want to be on the winning team. I want to scare. I want to be on this team. I want to be able to go with you guys. Take me with you. I want to be on the winning team. That's what we are. That's who Victory Outreach is. That's what Code Red is. That's what United Women in Ministry is. But we need the men. We need the warriors. We need the mighty men of warriors to go out there and to reach those men. Oh, my God. And to reach those pimps and to reach that drug addict and to reach that guy that's out there saying, you know what? I want to come with you. I want to be a part of it. Woo. Sorry about that. I want to be a part of it. You see, because there's men out there that need to go in our home. There's men out there that need to come into our church. There's drug addicts out there that are saying, man, I want to be a part too. I want to be a part of the winning team. We are part of the winning team, Victory Outreach. You're part of the winning team. Woo! Hallelujah. I think I got baptized here. I just want to say that, you know what? We are going to shake the devil's kingdom. Victory Outreach International is shaking the devil's kingdom. We do it. This is how we do it. Like Sister Julie says, this is how we do it. That's right. This is how we do it, Mama. This is how we do it. We're getting ready. Amen. We're getting ready tonight. And with that, I want you to stand because, you know, maybe you're saying, I don't know. I don't know how. Just go. Just go. God's not asking you if you know how. When the guy, when, when, when the blind man was blind and he's sitting there, we went to the porch, Solomon's porch. And then they come and he says, do you want to be healed? And he says, all these excuses, well, you know, I've been here so many years and every time the angel comes to stir up the water and, and he says, no, I'm asking you, do you want to be healed? I'm not asking you how long you've been here. I'm not asking you do you know how to talk to a prostitute? I'm not asking you the fear that you I'm not asking you. I'm asking you, do you want to be healed? Do you want that fire? See, all it does is just takes us stepping into it. Jesus will always challenge us. But you got to step into it. Gang girl. Gang girl, those girls are out there. Those girls are out there. They're your age. They're saying, man, I wish a gang girl would come and reach me. Are we willing? Men. You're out there and you're going to be dealing with the men and you're going to be, you know, praying. You know, sometimes, I'll be honest, sometimes I go and I just stay in the car and I pray for the girls as they're doing it. I pray. I pray. There's times when we're on the corner and it's crazy, it's chaotic, and the girls are all acting crazy. And we just, just start praying. We start speaking in tongues silently. We just stand on the corner and all of a sudden they're like, oh man, we're out of here. And then they leave. Because it's, 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 a spiritual territory right there. It's spiritual breakthroughs that we're, that we're dealing with. We're dealing with demonic forces. We're dealing with what they say is probably the, the, the oldest, um, what is it, the profession, which it is, the book of Genesis. But still, we have the power of the Holy Spirit to let these girls know that Jesus loves them. I want you to lift your hands right there. Just lift your hands. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, we just praise you, Lord. God, we thank you for the privilege. We have the privilege, God, to reach people. 
so many people God they they look at amazement at what we do they say how do you do it we'll help you do it but we don't know how to do it but God you've given us the anointing you've given victory outreach international churches the anointing to reach the twilight treasure the prostitute the human trafficker oh the drug addict god the heroin addict oh father you've given us god the anointing that when we go to those streets god that you're with us all four corners of our of our being father lord god you're with us god and you don't allow harm to happen to us because we're becoming a tool that you're using, God, for your honor and for your glory, Lord. Oh, Father. Come on, lift your hands right there. Just lift your hands. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, you're not a man, 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 you're not a man,